Hello and welcome to the uh, Talking Heads podcast about March news. Uh, this is based on the insider report that went out at the beginning of the month. And Evan and I will be talking about uh, the various headlines of March. And we're going to have some help with some special voicemails throughout the conversation. How are you doing, Evan? All things considered, I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. You know, it was tough writing a uh, monthly recap uh, of March news because it was really only one story. Yeah, there's nothing happening in the news. It's been dead quiet lately. Uh, there's nothing going on. It's, it's been dead quiet about it. I mean, it's like the election is gone. I mean, I mean, every topic that was there other than coronavirus is just completely, no one's talking about it. Uh, actually, managed to figure out uh, how to write a decent length report anyway, but let's go ahead and start off with uh, coronavirus. Uh, the industry—it's been actually a you know as devastating and terrible of a of a situation this is. It's actually been benefiting our industry of enterprise communications. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like the future has arrived early for collaboration and video and messaging and all the tools and platforms we talk about every day. So. So I, I I included in the report a list. I didn't I didn't make it my own my my own list, but uh, both Irwin and Blair uh, created a list of all the different promotions from all the different companies that were doing um, coronavirus promotions. Some people think coronavirus, you know, offering coronavirus promotions is the is profiteering and a bad thing. I disagree. I think that when there's increased demand, that responding with increased prices is profiteering. But I don't think responding with increased promotions and education is profiteering. Well, I'm offering a promotion too at evankerstell.com. So does that make me a profiteer? Again, uh, only if you've raised your prices. And uh, I have not, which is uh, which is good. And and so you know, almost every vendor seems to have come up with some sort of uh, coronavirus uh, promotion, uh, either either a free 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 period to try it or some new bundles offered. However, I did cover that there was one vendor, uh, Uma Networks, and maybe there were more, but I, I happened to catch it from Uma Networks, that they had pledged to, um, uh, not, not to not not to stop service on a business or residential customer for non-payment for the next 60 days and also to waive uh, late fees. And uh, they did that by taking the pledge, the FCC's Keep Americans Connected Pledge, have you heard of that pledge by chance? No, I haven't, but I, I love the idea and uh, I'm all for uh, pledges. So, uh, But uh, I was wondering how they went about doing this. I, wonder if, I was wondering if there was a lot of debate or not. And so I left uh, Mike Landberg a uh, message. He's the Senior Director of Corporate Communications over at UMA. And he, he left me back a voicemail to answer that question. Let me start with some background. On March 13th, Federal Communications Commissioner Ajit Pai announced the Keep Americans Connected Pledge. He asked telecom service providers to do three things for the next 60 days. First, not disconnect any residential or small business customer for non-payment. Second, waive any late fees. Third, make any Wi-Fi hotspots available to everyone. UMA executives saw this announcement and decided immediately that it was the right thing to do. We put out a press release on March 17th announcing that UMA would take the pledge. Through mid-May, at the earliest, we will not shut off service for any UMA Tello home phone customer or any UMA office small business customer because of non-payment. It's great to see that UMA is far from alone. The FCC now says more than 650 companies and trade associations have taken the Keep Americans Connected pledge. In short, families and small businesses 
deserve to stay connected during this crisis, no matter what. So I'm surprised that Ajit, Ajit from the FCC actually did something that I, I like. I don't know. You know, whether you're a, a fan of, of the FCC or not, I think they've made some pretty smart moves. And uh, I, I think they've been pretty aggressive. So I'll give them kudos for that. Very politically correct of you. So uh, the other big uh, event that occurred in, uh, in in March was the Zoom 20 virtual conference. It was the actual, the only conference I attended. Uh, all my other conferences were canceled or postponed. I wrote up uh, my thoughts on the uh, on the Zoom 20 event. I also did a no jitter post on it. But all that's kind of null and void, or not vo- because because the last few days of March there was a whirlwind of attacks against Zoom for having bad security. Did you did you catch all that? Yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty much uh, uh, every day there was a new exploit or problem or uh, Zoom bomb report. It, it's getting it got pretty ugly. And all I can say is that uh, he's been out there, you know, pretty openly, uh, publicly trying to address the challenges and um, apologize, which is kind of refreshing to see an executive. Yeah, I, I think Zoom handled it really well. I think that, you know, they, clearly they made a few mistakes, uh, but they also grew something like 20 times in the in March with the increased demand. And uh, they got caught on a few mistakes they had made that kind of blew up on them. But I think there's definitely a lesson here to be learned by uh, almost everybody on how to handle a crisis, because I think Eric has been very open and transparent about what he wants to do. He's put a freeze on um, new features until they can get some things straightened out. And I have a feeling Zoom's going to come out of this much stronger than uh, um, than a lot of their competitors were, were hoping. Yeah, it's really unprecedented, and it's, it's still such a critical tool. You know, I, I think about Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, and as much as I'm a critic and uh, uh, have criticisms of their policies and practice and Zuckerberg. I mean, I still use them every day because I sort of have to. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, you, you can criticize on one hand, but, um, you know, be a, be a user on the other. You have to sort of balance the make it make balance those two. Well, moving into the engagement section, uh, you know, we saw Fuse launched a new contact center as a service. I think we're going to see a lot of UCAS companies offering uh, integrated CCAS offers. Uh, Microsoft put one of their uh, bots into play at the CDC, which was an interesting use case to help people answer routine questions. I was actually kind of surprised that 8x8 launched a um, a combined uh, UCAS and CCAS offer. Uh, They're generally available now in Canada. Well, first, I was kind of surprised they weren't already in Canada, but uh, I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting that they decided to launched uh, this month in Canada. Did you see that? Yeah, they're, they're growing so fast, they're going to have to change their name to 16 by 16, I, I think. <laughs> but, um, you know, I wonder if they're they're selling, you, you know, direct in Canada or through channel partners. Also, where is Canada? Oh, 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 oh wait, I, wait, I got a voicemail on that. Uh, I was curious about that myself, and I reached out to uh, SVP. He got promoted to SVP. He's only been there uh, for about a year. But uh, uh, I reached out to John Delosier, the SVP over there, uh, and he does channel. And I wanted to know exactly that question if they're selling directly through channel. Let's see what he has to say. I want to leave you a message about A by X series now available in Canada. I know that you know that uh, it is an award-winning platform, and we are now offering that platform in Canada, contracted in Canadian dollars, both through direct sales, but always and mostly through channel partners. Um, we're committed over here to helping Canadian enterprises modernize our communications, and X-Series 
is a great step in that direction with integrated voice, video, chat, contact center, and of course our APIs around our CPaaS platform. We are a channel first organization, as you know, and our partners in Canada are absolutely critical in enabling the transformation that I just spoke about with their legacy systems and bringing them up to speed with the 8x8x series platform. We think that this is going to enhance the portfolios of the channel partners as well as be a credible, awesome opportunity for customers to modernize. Thanks, and you guys have an absolutely wonderful day. Well, some people leave long voicemails. You notice that? Yeah, I bet his faxes to you are even longer. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's at least eight pages. But, uh, a lot of these UCAS companies are really only going direct, and they're really prioritizing channel. I think that's pretty pretty uh, interesting. And I, I can see why John's having a field day over there. Let's see. In the unified communications section, uh, the big news, of course, was the launch uh, or the GA of Avaya Cloud Office. I think that's pretty big news for both Avaya and RingCentral. It was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, they've been talking about it for so long, and it was, you know, they announced it back in October, and uh, we saw a lot of it at, uh, at at Engage in January. So now that it's GA, it's like, okay, it's GA, but uh, but it's still a big deal. Yeah, it's uh, one of the last shows we went to in Phoenix, so uh, before the shutdown. So we'll see if we uh, we get back there in January next year. That was a good event. I'm glad the you know all those guys that had events in January are pretty happy about it right now because uh, who, who knew back then that everything was going to be canceled? Uh, Zoom Absolutely. Zoom announced uh, that they were GA in eleven additional countries. Now they're they're rapidly growing that uh, availability very quickly. And uh, uh, Vonage created create a new uh, partnership with uh, Whisper. Uh, but was really the theme of the UC section this month in, in March was really headsets. There was a, a lot of headset news. Uh, EPOS, uh, or I don't know if it's EPOS or, or EPOS, whatever, but they used to be Sennheiser. Uh, they announced uh, uh, new headsets, and uh, Poly launched the uh, 4245 Office headset, a new Bluetooth headset. Uh, Jabra evolved its Evolve, and now it's called the Evolve 2, and they came out with three new headsets. And then Tangoma, believe this or not, uh, Sangoma launched its own headsets specifically designed for their uh, their phones that are on, that are used on the Switchbox platform. So, so four major sets of uh, headsets announced in March. Well, given that we're all working from home, I think we're all needing headsets, new headsets, better headsets, noise canceling headsets, and you know, uh, a lot of headsets, basically. Uh, but, but. Yeah, the timing is but, you know, good. I, I did. Timing. I did like that. You know, the German company Sennheiser. I mean, I could. I speak German, so it was really a great German name, Sennheiser. Why? Why? What? What is EPOS? You know, is it? He put, he, you know, Sennheiser is a great name. It goes back. Uh, you know, a lot of audiophiles really know that name, so I was kind of surprised they changed their name too. But I, I left a voicemail asking for some clarification, and or left a message with them, and I got back a voicemail from. Uh, now I'm not sure how to pronounce this, so excuse me, Jennifer. But from Jennifer or is or or something like that, something like that. Uh, she's head of marketing of Enterprise Solutions at EPOS, and I asked her to help explain this uh, naming discrepancy. What is the difference between EPOS and Sennheiser? EPOS is a new company in the Demont Group delivering high-end audio solutions designed for enterprise and gaming. The establishment of EPOS is based on the decision to let the business segments of the joint venture known as Sennheiser Communications between Sennheiser Electronic KG and Demont AS evolve into different setups. 
Alongside the introduction of the new owned branded portfolio, Epos continues to sell the current Sennheiser Communications portfolio co-branded as Epos Sennheiser. On the enterprise side, our mission is to empower businesses around the world to better communicate and collaborate anytime, anywhere, and on any device. So that's a clarification on the name, but it's a little confusing still on their portfolio because they got the uh, uh, the new DAP series. And then there's, but I looked at their website and there's also the uh, Impact series, the Command series, the GSP line for gaming. And then they've also got this uh, MB model for, quote, office professionals. So I'm not sure if office professionals are not supposed to buy the Adapt or not, but but a very confusing portfolio, but I'm sure that will come together here over the next uh, next few months. Well, have her send me one of each. I'm happy to um, to try them <laughs> in my various gaming environments. Yeah, well, I've always thought you look good in head in headphones. So then we get into the messaging section of March, um, and uh, you know, I guess the uh, uh, biggest news was Slack did a pretty major refresh, which is uh, probably going to be adopted by you know everybody's making a messaging app, and I think Slack is kind of the lead innovator. So I suspect we're going to see some of these traits and part of these UI elements in other products soon. Slack also kind of surprised everybody with an announcement that they're going to integrate with Teams. I don't think anyone quite understands what that means yet. Uh, not a whole lot of news in the messaging category. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Slack, even for my little tiny uh, organization of five people. It's it's really a life changer for day to day communication. So I've I've gone from a, a skeptic to a to a to a fan pre- pretty quickly. Yeah, a lot of people like Slack. Okay, so so in the other news section, let's see, we got a big, pretty big reorg at uh, at Cisco. Uh, Amy Amy Chang, who's been there for about two years, has taken a leave of absence, and this elevated uh, Sri Srivastian. Uh, I'm not sure, quite sure to pronounce that Srinvastan, and he uh, he's been there for a while. Actually, he's probably been there longer than any of the leaders at uh, in the Cisco Collab Group, and he's going to be our next uh, uh, upcoming guest in uh, Talking Heads. We're going to have a chance to ta- ask him how he's going to be changing things at Cisco. Um, I was really surprised that Amy is leaving. Actually, I, you know, we just saw her recently at the at the analyst summit, and she seemed pretty engaged and on board. And you know, when she came in about two years ago, she talked about wartime management styles and how that was important to her. And man, if there was ever a time that this industry has been at war with this virus, it's now. I mean, decisions are being made so rapidly. So uh, this was her calling. So kind of kind of surprised that she's gone. And, and I'll point out that there's been actually a lot of leadership changes in our industry. We've got, uh, uh, you know, Cisco Collab I just described. We have a new CEO at Poly. Uh, we've got Saranova and LifeSize that convert uh, that merged, and that changed with the uh, with the CEO of LifeSize running both. Microsoft Teams had leadership changes. Fuse had leadership changes. We talked we talked to Fuse recently on a, on a Talking Heads. So a lot of a lot of changes going on. What do you think is causing all those changes, Evan? You know, our industry has always been tumultuous, uh, you know, given all the private equity interest and the mergers and acquisitions. But I think it's gone into hyperdrive now with the uh, the new pressure and opportunity on, in the industry. So, uh, look, change is good and change is necessary. So I think it's par for the course. Let's see, another, I don't, I don't do a lot of personnel changes other than CEOs, but I thought I'd mention that... Uh... That Microsoft named a uh, chief science officer, and I, as a truck fan, I have to say that I've always felt that every enterprise 
should have a chief science officer. So science, huh? So is that sort of like uh, growing uh, food on Mars? Is is that part of his job or? Uh, no, maybe not. That's the Martian you're thinking of. But uh, uh, Eric Hor- uh, Horvitz, uh, he's, his job is to, quote, provide cross-company leadership on advances and trends on scientific matters, uh, on issues and opportunities rising from the intersection of technology, people, and society. I guess when you're one of the most viable companies in the world, you, can, you get to do things like this. Let's see. So I bet this is close to close to you. Uh, the new iPad came out. Have you ordered that? I have not. I'll be selling my iPads for uh, fuel uh, in the upcoming months. No, I, I think I've hit peak iPad. You know, I really I like my iPad, but I've been using the new one has a trackpad. If you get the trackpad keyboard, and I just bought a new laptop, so it has also has a trackpad. No, I've just you know I've just hit iPad for me was great for for being on the road. You know, airplanes and hotel rooms and hotel bedrooms and you know it was really light but of course i'm not doing that anymore so the question is do i need another ipad at home probably not you know i was really interested in getting an ipad and i, I, don't, I haven't bought an apple product for 20 years but i was going i actually went to the apple store to look at it but i just don't find it very useful although it's interesting the new one has lidar in it and so i guess i guess you know you'll be able to send your ipad out on self-driving missions here pretty soon too easy that was that joke was too easy. No, sorry. But you you, you just said you bought a new laptop. Did you buy a Chromebook by chance? Yeah, it's a new Samsung Galaxy Book, and um, you, you know I just discovered it has a terrible front facing camera as we're doing video, <laughs> but it has a fantastic screen. So it's a and and terrible battery life. So as all things in life are trade offs, but the screen is like a giant, beautiful, bright display ultra whatever they call it uh hd and orange orange red so you know that that you had me at orange red as far as the new 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 laptop i'm very superficial let's just say that you know you know both the ipad and the and uh and that particular chromebook have a crappy 720 camera i've been really frustrated with samsung devices and uh, i think that samsung device though that that chromebook you're talking about is probably the best device they make uh i've I always found the trade-offs to be a little little wanting on the, on the Samsungs. Microsoft changed their Office 365 program to Microsoft program, so now it's Microsoft 365, which is confusing because it was Office 365 and Microsoft 365, and now it's just Microsoft 365. Next year, it'll be back to Office 365. Don't worry. No, you're wrong because offices are out. You know That's, that's why everybody's working from home this month, and Offices are done. Microsoft just took it literally and just said, okay, we're going to get rid of the office. And they've they've announced all their events are going virtual, right? So not, until uh, spring of next year, only virtual events, which was a big surprise that far out in advance. In the uh, in the financial news section, I have a feeling the financial news section is going to be really light for the, next, for the rest of this year. But this is the section where I, I talk about companies that got funding. And there was only one company I included in uh, in the March one, and that was Deepgram. Do you remember Deepgram? We did a we did a uh, talking heads with them back when we were doing video. Uh, we did a talking heads with uh, uh, Scott Stevenson, one of the founder. He, Deep, Deepgram was in the Innovation Showcase in let's see, that must have been uh, Enterprise Connect eighteen, and uh, they announced that they had raised twelve million dollars in Series A, and uh, they're doing, of course, speech recognitions and uh, some. He was a great. He was. I really enjoyed Scott. He was. He was great at Enterprise Connect. Great in the Innovation Showcase, and he was great on our Talking Heads interview we did with him. Yeah, very very smart guy. And uh, but another company doing speech recognition. When you've got Amazon and Microsoft and Google, 
you, you know, how do you differentiate yourself in that pack? Oh, that's, that's, that's a really good question. You know, I, I, uh, I sent, I, I sent uh, Scott that question and he, he left me a voicemail. If you want to stand out as a voice recognition company today, you need to do a couple things. Focus on one market and make a better product for that market. At DeepGram, we focus on enterprise audio, and that means sales and support, phone calls, conference calls, and meetings. And we make a better product by using cutting-edge deep learning that legacy companies can't develop themselves, even the big tech companies. Google and Amazon focus on the consumer market. They want users to click on ads and buy goods from their websites, and they do well at that, but they don't do well in enterprise audio. Legacy companies like IBM and Nuance have good brand recognition, but they lack innovation in their product and don't have good accuracy anymore. Current products just aren't addressing modern enterprise needs. No, Companies are just tired of that old way. They want world-class accuracy, great reliability and scale. They want it on-premise or in the cloud, and they want better pricing. And the only way to get that is by focusing on enterprise audio with cutting-edge deep learning techniques. And this is exactly what we do at DeepGram. So that's pretty much exactly what he told us in his uh, interview we did with him earlier. And I, I have to say, I think that uh, you and I, to some degree, but certainly me, deserve full credit on his success. I mean, it, it was putting him in that innovation showcase, getting him on our podcast. No wonder he raised $12 million in Series A. Right. Well, uh, here's to the next 12. So congratulate onwards and upwards. There were just a few acquisitions in March. Uh, Genesis made an acquisition, which I don't fully understand in the WFO space. Uh, that was uh, in Nguvu, uh, a Montreal-based company. And uh, uh, Open Text acquired Xmedius. Uh, Xmedius, of course, acquired AVSC just a couple of years ago. So, so that story keeps on evolving, that uh, they have some great technology for Microsoft Teams. The Life Size and Saranova merger, I mentioned that earlier with the CEO changes, uh, a lot of change going on uh, uh, in that space. So that was pretty much the, uh, the news of March. Uh, there's more of these stories in the newsletter. You can subscribe to the Insider Reports on Talking Point. Yeah, this is a great, uh, I'm just reading it now for the first time. This is a great newsletter. It's like, there's a lot. You write this yourself? This is uh, this is really good. I write it myself every month. And uh, yeah, I'm really impressed. There's just a ton of content here. Very good. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was the month of uh, March with voicemails. And we'll be back in about a month with the uh, news recap of April with voicemails. Until then. You want some information, some kind of conversation. Bye.